I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From M&A rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You've got this. Go get them. Breathe in. So good. You can do hard things. Go get them. I believe in you. the 11th. I'm Eric Mennel. I'm the senior producer of the show. I got COVID back in December and wound up stranded in New York over the holidays. I'm fine. It was mild. Anyway, the whole thing left me with a lot of time sitting alone around my apartment working on this episode and staring at my phone thinking about the current state of the world. Now, I'm not sure if it's irony or tragedy or comedy that I'm telling you all this right now, uh, because this was the month we decided was going to be our fun month on the show. <laughs> the month that long ago, we decided we were going to do a bunch of pep talks. We had reached out to a bunch of comedians and writers and asked them, do you maybe have a pep talk for us? The world is so fucked right now. Everything feels twice as hard as it used to. Could you just try to help us feel a little better? And what people sent back, I don't even know if they were exactly pep talks, but they were incredibly delightful and so weird. Lisa, she is great. She does whatever she wants to do. She'll poop anywhere. Just truly strange. Is this how I die? Freshly dumped? Newly single? Slightly greasy. And at some point, it started to feel less like we were putting together a podcast full of pep talks with useful advice. And we are like dairy because I want to milk everything I can out of this friendship. No, you didn't. (laughs) And more like we were capturing this very particular moment we're living through, where everyone is exhausted with day-to-day life. Everything feels absurd and difficult and dumb. And it's resulting in this collective loopy energy. It is totally normal, it is totally normal, it is totally normal to have nothing to say. And so what we wound up with this month is a tiny menagerie of people reaching deep down into themselves, looking for something useful to say, some way they could give folks some relief, or just tell themselves what they needed to hear, even if only for a few minutes. It'll be a thousand times easier to do once you give yourself permission to not know how to do something. And whatever choice you make, I'll be here cheering you on. So the first half of this month's show is this collection of truly delightful, bonkers pep talks from some of our favorite people. And the second half is a sort of pep talk observed in the wild. It's this deeply intimate conversation that I've been thinking about for years now. I'm really excited to share it with you. It's 2022. Happy New Year's, folks. Here are some very specific pep talks for some very specific scenarios you may or may not find yourself in in the coming months. First, producer Emerald O'Brien. Okay, deep breath. You can do this. You've practiced this. Thank yourself for showing up today. 
think about your intention for being here. Pick a mantra to come back to during your practice. Something that calms you. Something like patience, forgiveness, Helen Alda. Pick up the phone and dial the number located on the back of your insurance card. Great. Be prepared to enter your member ID number and your date of birth. Do not be concerned when you are asked to listen carefully, as their menu has recently changed. Oh my god. Remember, this is not just an obstacle. It's an opportunity. You can choose anger, or you can choose peace. You are in control here. Regardless of what you are told, you should not press 1 if you are calling from a physician's office. You will not press 2 if you have a question about billing. You've already tried that. Instead, you will press 7 for all other calls. When you realize that this brings you to another automated menu, you will calmly but firmly ask to speak to a representative. Speak to a representative. I'm sorry. I didn't understand. Speak Would to a like representative. To Breathe in. Breathe out. Fantastic. You're doing great. Okay. Let me connect you. You will not get excited when the ringtone begins. You're too clever for that. When the hold music starts to play, you will be cool, collected. They never had a chance with you. Why would they even have a ringtone? The voice will inform you of your wait time. Due to increased demand, our wait times are longer than usual. Your current wait time is more than 45 minutes. Jesus Christ. Patience. Forgiveness. Alan Alda. Take control. Try doing something else while you wait. Maybe the crossword, or unsubscribing from promotional emails. You've never even been to SeaWorld San Antonio. Why would you want a season pass? How many SeaWorlds are there? Is SeaWorld canceled? There, you've done it. You've made it through. You should be so proud of yourself. Member relations. Hi, I, no, 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 no. Oh my God, are you fucking Patience, forgiveness. Alan Alda. Patience. Forgiveness. Alan Alda. Patience. Forgiveness. Alan Alda. So, here we are again, Saturday night, phone in hand, cherry juice to our left, Chinese takeout to our right. We've been staring at these pictures of ourselves all night. Cy Sion is a writer and performer in Louisiana. That's me. I'm him. And he sent us this pep talk for choosing new pictures for your dating profile. This one's good, but only when you're drunk. You look cute in this one, but what if they think the dog is cuter? And this one makes it look like you want children. Do you want children? Oh, God. How do we end up like this? Beating our head against the wall. Like, why is this so difficult? And you know the answer. You know you know the answer. Which, of course, is because you are not rich in beauty, looks-wise. You are middle class at best. Because, real talk, those rich in beauty don't have to try. But you and I, we do. You, my picture-imperfect vision of blue-collar magnificence, do not just get to wake up like this. 
You lack the privilege to rest on the laurels of your parents' genetic wealth. Instead, and to no surprise, you will have to work for this too. I'm sorry. Capitalism. I'm shrugging. But think about that later. Only the privileged have time to wax reflective about the jacked up nature of all this. It's time for you to get back at it. For love is a battlefield. And you, no, we are generals. General George S. Patton, the S is for salacious. And like a great general, the key to victory is a winning strategy. And it all starts with the pictures. Fortunately, we do not have to go into the spite empty-handed. We've got a secret weapon. It's the rule of thirds. Three seconds, three photos, three parts to your argument. Your opener has to be big, bold, eye-catching. So make that a selfie, the best you've ever had, no pressure. The one that makes your ex jealous, you know the one. Ooh, maybe pick the one from your birthday. The one where you're like smiling, you know, like I love a good Mona Lisa smile, which is like coy mysterious. And this capital V-neck shows off your tits. Yes! Mm. Okay, so that's one down. We're going to save the sweeping landscapes and exotic locales for your second photo. Here, you're supporting the idea that you are hot with proof that you go out and do things. There's no way to show yourself sexually doing, like, cross-stitch or playing board games. You'll have to lie. Find the one photo from that walk along the river your roommate talked you into 18 months ago. The one with the golden hour light mm -hmm, and the water bubbling over the rocks. And you're smiling because you almost fell in. All before going home that night, finding a tick on your thigh, and spending the next six weeks worried about having Lyme. A great profile photo. And now, the finisher, your closing statement. Here, you may reveal your true self, but make it subtle. Maybe the one your girl snapped while the noodles were falling out of your mouth. Now oh, that's cute. You're a goofball. Ooh, 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 but the hoodie. This is the one with the stains and the hole in the sleeve from when you left it on the stove. Ooh, not so much. But here's the photo from the bookstore. Hmm with your head buried in a used Angela Davis tome. It's radical. It's quiet. Yep, it's this one. Now look at you. Yes, you. In these three pictures that don't define you, but will help you be seen. And no matter what the visual essay of your romantic life story may contain, the right person won't really care. They'll ask you about it. You'll ask them about theirs. And then you'll fall for each other. And that's when you realize this photo shit was the easy part. So you did it again. So you did it again. You told one too many people that you're doing the artist's way. You posted it online. Comedian and performer Morgan Basakis, with some encouragement for when you regret telling people you're doing the artist's way. You sent, you sent a group email. You said, don't contact me before in the, in the mornings, because I'll be doing morning pages. I'll be doing morning pages every day, every day. Three pages. 
Handwritten. No computers. No Wi-Fi. No no service. I'm gonna unplug the phone poles, and I'm gonna I'm gonna fast. I'll be fasting. So don't contact me. That's what you said, and so now you have to do it because you have to do what you said you're gonna do. But I'm here to help. I'm here to help. I'm here to pump you up. I'm here to pep you up. I'm here to pump you up. To pump you up. It is totally normal. It is totally normal. It is totally normal to have nothing to say. But you do, you do have something to say. Help you get it out. Get it out on those pages. Okay, so if you're feeling blocked, here's what I'm gonna suggest you start. Make a list. Make a list of every single person you've ever met in your whole life. Start early, start early, start early, start early. Friends, neighbors, family, school, uh, Walgreens, pharmacy, um, sports, and and beside every person's name, uh, just start to imagine why they might be mad at you. This can keep you going. Another thing you can do is make a list of all the Jewish holidays. That's a good one. If you're looking for content, make a list of all the Jewish holidays. And if you can't remember them, that's fine. Just start making stuff up. But I'm here to help. I'm here to help. I'm here to pep you up. I'm here to pump you up. To pump you up. If you get stuck, here's the last thing you can do. You can trace your hand. Trace your hand and make it into something beautiful, but it can't be a turkey, okay? And this is really important because if you make it into a turkey, that actually means you're not an artist. Which is devastating. It's devastating to find that out. It's devastating to say that. But you gotta push. You gotta push. You can't stay a child forever. Make it a rhino, make it a, uh, that's all I can think of, a sun with only, with only rays that are, with the sun's rays went away, got really weird. Um, I'm here to help, I'm here to pep you up, I'm here to pump you up, to pump you up. You were born for this. There is nobody quite like so you. Good. Go get them. You're the best. You are worthy. One step at a time. You've got this. You're 10. 10 out of 10. My name is Reagan Bay, and this is a pep talk about trying a new food. One time I tried a new food called cheesy pasta and now I love it. So here's what you should do. Trying a new food is hard, but the more you eat it, the more you like it. And like when you try a new food, you get to like eat it and see if you like it or not like it. So like trying a new food is a good thing. Like I don't like carrots, but I'll try it tomorrow. Because when you try new food, it tastes so yummy and you think that's good. So I want you to try a new 
food every day, but don't eat too much. So try a new food. I'm done. There are pep talks in movies all the time. It's kind of wild once you start looking for it. You see them in basically every sports movie. If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says. At the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. They're in musicals, of course. What did Washington say to his troops as they crossed the Delaware? I'm sure you're well aware. What'd they say? We can do it. We can do it. They also happen in children's movies all the time. Boy, it wasn't easy. But if I can do it, you can do it too. So don't quit. Don't look at him. I'm talking to you. That's right, you. If you want to be somebody, then it's going to take some hard work. But honestly, they all feel either kind of low stakes or comically large. Like it's either a basketball game or an alien invasion threatening the human race. But there are other people, even in movies, who could really use a freaking pep talk and never seem to get one. Allison Leiby and Hallie Kiefer are two comedians. They host the podcast Ruined. It's a show where they dissect horror films for people who are too scared to watch them, but still want to know what happens. They wrote a pep talk for the person who needs one most, but there's literally nobody around to give one. The final girl left alive at the end of a horror movie. Hey, Leslie, you're doing great, girl. You're tired, your throat is sore from screaming, and you did watch your entire cheerleading squad get slaughtered. But you've got this. You are going to get out of this haunted mansion alive. You were so nice to that weird gas station attendant who warned you and your friends not to go up to the haunted mansion unless they wanted to, quote, die by his hand, whatever that means. And that was a huge investment in your future. Now, you were smart enough not to take the basement room to put your sleeping bag in in this haunted mansion that for some reason you and your girlfriends are all staying in. It seemed obvious because it was dark and full of broken glass, but great job not sleeping down there. And, you know, we we know sometimes we think, I don't contribute that much to the group. I'm the shy one, the introspective one with sort of a traumatic past, but you were the one who figured out that the circuit breaker was in the basement and that someone must have been down there with you the whole time. Now, you did run upstairs to the attic once the screaming started, but you pivoted and were able to lock yourself in the bathroom, which is extremely impressive. Now, don't beat yourself up if you make a mistake. Pobody's nerfect. You've never been in this situation before, though every 20 years, James DeMonicon will resurrect and attack a cheering squad. And look, you've never had sex, even though both the hunky bad boy and the sweet quarterback really wanted to sleep with you. And right now, that's probably feeling like a huge mistake. But right now, taking things slow was the way to go. Not running-wise, of course. If anything, you should be running faster. Yes, keep running. But it was great that you were clever enough to use your headphones as a weapon. When all of the other super cool girls on the squad got wireless headphones, you stuck with your old-school wire headphones. And that's lucky for you. Your uncoolness is lucky because they're strong enough to strangle the figure who's been chasing you this whole time. So to Leslie and to all the final girls out there, you survived a living nightmare and the death of everyone you know and love. You had the grit, the gumption, and the knowledge of electrical wiring to win the day, at least based on the logic of the film. You're gonna be fine, as long as you get a lot of therapy. And unless the killer is still out there. 
All right, now we've got some 60-second rapid-fire pep talks. First, Luca Jaros, a person who cannot swim, with a pep talk for people who cannot swim. So what? You can't swim. It's just something you don't do. Some people can't play the trombone, or taxidermy an animal, or process gluten. It's not the swimming that's holding you back. It's the shame. That's the life-changing realization. No one cares that you can't swim. Everyone is too worried about themselves and the things that they can't do to care about you not being able to do something. Because you know what's cooler than knowing how to swim? Knowing yourself and being comfortable with who you are. People will respect that. I respect you already just thinking about it. Then, the question is simply, do you want to learn to do this thing? If no, just keep on living within your boundaries. If yes, then you can learn. It'll be a thousand times easier to do once you give yourself permission to not know how to do something. And whatever choice you make, I'll be here cheering you on. From the shallow end. With a pool noodle wrapped around my waist. Look, you deserve to poop. We all deserve to poop. The enemy here is not your stomach, not the person in the stall next to you. High school senior Ali Grishaber with a pep talk for when you have to poop at school. For all you know, they need to poop too. And you're causing them to clench. No, the real enemy here is the hive mind belief that pooping at school is something to be made fun of. But you know what? In just a few years, your intestinal weakness will be rebranded as vulnerability. And it'll make you a catch. Oh, Lisa? She's great. She'll poop anywhere. You can do it. You can place your hand on the side of the stall and say confidently to the person next door, Hey man, I'm sorry, but it's about to get real. And boom. Release. You did it. You've broken a barrier. You've broken a seal. Congratulations. Same time next week. Finally, comedian Lexi Grace with a pep talk for choosing a movie. Literally, any movie. You click Netflix. It asks you who you are. You got this. You know who you are. You see what Netflix recommends. It's saying tick, tick, boom. But what if there's something even better, even funnier, even dramatic? You heard good things about my octopus teacher. Maybe I'll watch a Bollywood film. I don't know. Am I in a subtitle mood? You read all the time. You love to read. You are in a book club. Subtitles shouldn't be that hard for you. Mounting anxiety, anxiety. You keep scrolling, you keep scrolling, you keep scrolling. You see a Vanessa Hudgens movie, you keep There's scrolling. really no bad choice. Even if this movie is the worst movie ever, at least you'll have something to say when someone asks you, hey, what did you do this weekend? You're gonna say, I watched this horrible movie. Just pick a movie and stick with it. I know right now we're standing and we're looking at a kid's movie called Peter Rabbit 2. If you keep scrolling, it's going to be an endless, endless, endless abyss of not choosing. And life is about choosing. You got to choose one thing, even if it's a bad thing. So please, for the love of God, click Peter Rabbit 2. Now you have something to talk about when you meet some mom. You guys bond. And now you got a best friend and her name is Pam and she's got three kids. And you know what? She's got a great ravioli recipe. It's tick, tick, boom, or this, but you don't get any more choices. Click it, do it. This moment is now. Live your life. Click it, click it, click it. Good job. You're gonna love this movie. Good job. Okay, it's time for the ads. You can do this. You can get through them. 
How long could they be? Maybe only 30 seconds? What, like two minutes at the longest? Maybe you're listening on double speed, you sociopath. And then once you're on the other side, there's more really good stuff waiting for you. I promise. So stand up, stretch, head, shoulders, knees, toes. We'll be back in a minute. I'm Bobby Finger. And I'm Lindsay Weber. And I want to tell you about a podcast I think you're going to love. Who Weekly is a podcast about everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. Does celebrity news stress you out? Are there too many people you've literally never heard of? Check out Who Weekly, a podcast hosted by Lindsay Weber and me, Bobby Finger. Each episode goes deep into the biggest celebrity stories of the moment. And if you're still confused, we even have a weekly call-in episode where we'll answer the most burning listener queries. Who Weekly airs twice weekly with brand new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. Listen and follow Who Weekly on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts. I'm Shimon Yai, and I have a new podcast called The Competition. Every year, 50 high school senior girls compete in a massive scholarship competition. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. All of the competitors are used to being the best and the brightest, and they're all vying for a huge cash prize. This will probably be the most intense thing you've ever gone through in your life. I remember that feeling because I was one of them. I lost. But now, I'm coming back as a judge and also a kind of teen girl anthropologist. Because if you want to understand what it's like to be a young woman in America today, the competition's not a bad place to start. Hopefully, no one will die on station night. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Hi there. See? That wasn't so bad. Great job. I started giving pep talks online during kind of a uh, career low point in like 2013. Josh Gondelman has probably thought more about pep talks in the past several years than any of us. He's a comedian and a writer for Jesus and Marrow. He also famously gives pep talks to people on Twitter whenever he has a few minutes to spare. And I just felt like I needed to hear a kind word or I wanted to hear a kind word. But like instead of asking, you know, however many 5,000, 10,000 followers I had at the time to say something nice to me, I was like, oh, I bet I could say something nice to other people. I could offer that up. And then I would know that it's true of me, too. Do you remember the first one you did? The first one I gave was like, hey, it seems like you're having a tough time, but you got some cool sunglasses, my guy. <laughs> like It was something like very service level. I think I've kind of refined the technique a little bit over time. I mean, I guess when I think about the difference between pep talks now and whatever, eight years ago, now so much across the board feels so heavy. And so I really think I try to take more care to acknowledge the like ambient stress and pain that people might be in and have it be a little less kind of like chipper and glib. But like so much of the advice for giving pep talks is also just a general pep talk. Like, hey, just give it your best shot and what you're gonna do will mean a lot to someone is like pretty decent advice. Now, I will be honest with you. When the team was first talking about this episode idea, I was a pep skeptic. A peptic. I think it is very, very difficult to say something genuinely motivating and heartfelt without sounding either Pollyannish or kind of insincere. 
In fact, when I told a friend last week that I was hosting this Pep Talks episode, they about fell out of their chair laughing. I can be a bit of a grump. But then, you know, the minute you start thinking about something, you start to see it everywhere. And that was true of Pep, too. It felt like I was seeing people organically trying to pep others up all over the place. First, our producer Emerald told us about her grandmother, Grammy, who loves hyping Emerald up, usually over voicemail. Hi, Emerald O'Brien. This is Grammy O'Brien. Emerald, congratulations. I'm so proud of you. I'm just calling to wish you a happy new year. I hope your car started. I'm glad you're doing good. You look wonderful. You look beautiful. Oh my God, you look so beautiful. You're important. Don't hide your importance. Be proud. Keep your chin up. Keep working hard. Like I said, Rome was not built in a day. It might have taken three days for that to be built. Oh, you're so ambitious and energetic and thoughtful and let's see wonderful i don't know what to tell you all i know is my heart is with you my love is with you stay warm sweetie stay warm time will pass winter will be over and then will be springtime again okay sweetheart i love you very much take care of yourself bye then i saw this other thing happen a few weeks ago that felt like organic pep I was stranded here in New York, and I decided to go for a long walk in one direction and take the train home. I went down to the subway platform. It was one of those really deep ones where you have to trudge like three levels into the earth. It felt like New York City had completely emptied out, and it was just me all alone waiting on a ghost train to pick me up and take me home. But then the station manager came on over the intercom to give the MTA COVID guidelines for riding the train. Always wear your mask. Keep it over your nose and mouth. Maintain social distancing when you're able. But he performed these guidelines as if you were a cattle auctioneer. All right, you got to wear your mask whenever you're on the train. Do not take it off. No, no, do not lower that mask. Keep it above your nose and over your mouth at all times. Do not, do not, do not drop that mask below your nose. It was late. And as far as this guy knew, he was alone in the station. But also, maybe he didn't care. I think he was maybe just trying to amuse himself. And if other people found it fun... Great. It felt like self-pep. Pep by example. The thing that I think fully brought me around on the idea of pep is remembering this conversation I heard years ago now. It was on a podcast called The Relentless Picnic. The show kind of defies explanation. Ostensibly, it's a philosophy show, but it's more just the hosts following their curiosity through stories and ideas and wherever they might lead. Four years ago, they played this incredible conversation on the show between two of the hosts and their friend. It starts off as a call about something very difficult that has recently happened, and then becomes this sort of multi-layered attempt at encouragement and mutual care. It's maybe the purest and most earnest version of a pep talk I've ever heard. Anyway, I'm going to play it now. It's two of the hosts of the show, Adam Juskowicz and Eric Janikis, talking with their friend on the phone, Matt Tice. Tice? Yes, that's me. What's up, Matt? What's up, man? So uh, who's getting married? Yeah. Uh, my friend I grew up with, uh, his name is Felipe, and uh, they met in high school, and they're getting married in uh, Kennebunkport. Oh, wow. Bush country. Yeah, we're off the beaten path a bit. We're, uh, I think, like, I don't know, five miles from town or something. Right. So is it weird to be going to a, w- a wedding? I imagine that's, like, not a dream thing right now. 
Yeah, I think when I actually get there, it'll be tough, but it's my friend, so I want him to be happy. And I already talked to him before, Yeah. Um, you know, just uh, saying, you know, I'm not going to, like, make a fucking scene or something, you yeah, know. Of course. Uh, but it was just like, you know, if it's too much for you to handle, that's what everyone's been saying, you know, because I'm pretty independent or I don't like asking for help. So this, like, this whole process has been really fucked up because uh, everyone is babysitting me basically or trying to and you know like so he just reached out and just said you know if you have to leave or if he you know it's too much don't even worry about it you know they're, everyone's being great because you know right they want to give you like space to do what you need to do but it can also be a little right. alienating i imagine well that's the problem isn't it like you know it, it's he is thinking about me but at the same time it's also his happiest day on earth so yeah. like I do all the scene making myself when I'm alone, so don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I was, well, I was kind of going to ask if uh, if there was like a kind of like uh, thing you were leaning on more since or music um, or whatever. You know, I'm not. I'm not. Um, I've been uh, you know reading a lot. Uh, my friends got me a. Um, they paid like some dude on Amazon like three hundred dollars over asking price for a Nintendo Switch. So I was playing Zelda for like a hundred hours, and um, <laughs> that's been helpful. Been trying to write stuff down. Um, I remember about her and uh, thank God for technology um, as horrible as it's made us that I can just take out my phone and, you know, write something down. Like what, if you imagine we're like, someone is going to be listening to this, you don't need to share anything you don't want to share. That's right. And you don't got to tell the whole story to the but extent you don't want is to. Is there any part of, what would you sort of say about if someone said, what is this guy dealing with? What's happened? Like, is there a version of this that you would want to sort of lead off with? Um, you know, I, I easy question. What, you know, I mean, it's uh, well, it's, I mean, it's a pretty loaded uh, question. Um, About as hard a thing as I, you I can guess, ask. No, yeah, no, it's hard to like you know condense it. Um, uh, I found the love of my life. Everything I talk about this sounds cliche, but no, you know, she was. Uh, uh, you know, I'd, I'd never seen her happier in my life, and uh, you know, um, we just wanted to grow old and be boring together. I mean, we just bought our first house in November on her birthday and, uh, you know, I mean, she had a disease and yeah, when we brought Erica up to Boston, they, she had her last seizure of her life. Um, until this last one, uh, of course, but, uh, we had an appointment at MGH mass general hospital and they figured it out immediately. And they, well, they thought they did, of course, but there were no warning signs whatsoever. And then, you know, she never had a, another seizure or tremor or anything like that. For uh, three years? For three years to the day, March 26th. That's incredible. She uh, had her bridal shower, and I was at a friend's bachelor party, and her, all her family and friends were there. And, you know, um, she was, uh, and then she died that day. But the, uh, the thing I want people to remember, too, like, because she was shy and everything, she opened up into this completely confident person that I don't even recognize when I first met her and I think you'd feel the same Adam yeah you made uh, her so happy and she made you so happy that who you guys were after you got engaged and as you were planning this wedding you were like these shining fully embodied versions of these ghosts that I'd met years earlier you know what I mean right oh yeah no I mean I wasn't a fucking ray of sunshine either so I mean <laughs> it's just uh it's so cliche but like we kind of did just need each other at all times and uh Maybe that's selfish, but it's kind of selfless too. 
I'm like, I'm a real sap. So like, you know, when I asked her to marry me, I planned it for months and had like 50 people come to surprise us. And her mom came up and, and you saw at the funeral too, how many people came and how just dedicated everyone was. And, uh, it was stunning. Death had struck and it, it made the funeral so profoundly painful in this way that no other funeral I'd ever been to. There was no looking back. It was like looking forward at this thing that didn't get to happen or something. It was, everyone was filled with anguish. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's what I'm most angry about. Like people keep telling me to, you know, you know, take care of yourself. She'd want you to be happy. And, you know, maybe someday I'll get there. But right now I'm just so angry that everything I get to experience, every laugh I get to see, like every new episode of Veep that comes out, she doesn't get to see it. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's one of those things that it's just so unfair and even that may not be the right term, but, uh, you know, anyone dealing with death, it's so weird. It's like, it, it's sort of like radiation. It's just, it kind of just lingers like, you know, people will just keep sending me letters that I haven't talked to forever and care packages. And you even said your mom was worried about it. It's just like, you know, it's just, this is, I, I'm wondering what effect all those people reaching out to you has like, does yeah. any of it change the shape of what you're feeling in any way? Um, it's extremely touching. And, you know, some people do say the wrong things, but they come from a good place. Um, and I keep trying to remind myself of that. But no, I mean, it, the, the outpouring has been so crazy because it's just so fucked. The, uh, you know, I, I have a pile of letters on my countertop that are from her bridal shower, just wanting us to grow old together, wishing us well and stuff. And then... Ugh. There's the next file from the same people, you know, right. saying, I'm so sorry. So it's, it's extremely surreal. It, it feels like I'm in a dream or something. And, uh, I mean, next weekend, our, our wedding and, uh, I've just, I've beyond, I've beyond crying now. I mean, it happens. Yeah. Like yeah. just something will happen and you'll just hear something or see something. And, you know, I don't know. I live near like a baseball field and these kids come over to play every day with their families and shit. And it's just so weird to just know that that's never, you know, now we can't do that and stuff. It's just, you know, I'm still living in the house and I have to sell it next week. And, you know, it's just seeing her stuff. I mean, sometimes I just run outside and sometimes I just fall on my friends or something, you know, it's just like, it, it's, it, it's very strange not being in control of yourself when that happens something you said just really struck me as true. Like it, this is the mystery and the pain at the center of human life, death and loss. And yep. no one really knows how to like approach that abyss. And right. you, it yep. sounds like Matt, from what you're saying, it sounds like occasionally you feel like a guilt for bringing people up oh, to sure. that abyss. Right. Oh, for sure. I mean, I grew up with Catholicism, so, uh, <laughs> That's uh, going to be with me forever. Like, I always want to just sort of like charge into the mess. And I know that that isn't the right move with everybody. But I like the first thing I wanted to do was like be like, like, I mean, it's insane. I gave you that book by Joan Didion where she lost her husband. It's the most intense book about like grieving there ever was. And I was like, here's whiskey. And Mm -hmm. it's completely inappropriate. Like when I was grabbing that shit, it, it was like. And it's helped me a lot because she made me not feel crazy. She actually, I couldn't bring myself to do this, but she went through all these studies of grief and what it does to the actual body and stuff. And it's like the exact thing I'm feeling. I thought I was going insane. You, I mean, you know, I hope, I hope it's not too personal, but I mean, you told me you talked to your fucking dad for the first time in yeah. a long time. And yeah. so you, you know, asked Emily to marry you and stuff. And it's just like, it's one of those things. It's like, it sounds so fucking cheesy when it doesn't happen to you, but it's like, we, we don't know what will happen tomorrow. 
I mean, it's a major point, right? Is when this kind of shit happens, we can either uh, fall back on certain kinds of formulas, you know, or you either certain things you say like, oh, one day at a time and here's a casserole or you can, I think you can let it scare you. I do think that that experience of talking about what happened to Erica going to that funeral put me in this place of like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna reach out. I'm gonna like, I'm gonna evolve a little bit. I think one of the coolest things about Where, you, Matt, and you should appreciate this. This is distinctive about you. I think is that you are not backing down. I feel like it's worth pointing out, man. No, it's really thank you. Even that day, even on the day at that funeral, I felt like you you were confronting it and making sure shit got said and sort of guiding the day. And that is, that is above and that's above and beyond. Yeah. Well. Again, I know it sounds cheesy, but she was my entire life, and uh, it's very empty without her. Um, there's so many beautiful people who are helping me, but it's still just, you know, when they're not there, the house is just so quiet and just, you know, she's, I don't really, I don't make her dinner anymore. You know, it's just those things. None of that sounds cheesy, Matt. I just don't want people to think that, like, I have this horrible fear in like a year if I'm still feeling like shit, like it's not my fault. Like I'm not trying to obsess over it. You know what I mean? It's just like, like, you know, they don't say it explicitly, but it's implied. You need to start moving on. It's like, fuck you. It's just like, I would, I'd love to, but you know, (laughs) right. What has helped you that anybody has said? What, is there anything? Is there? Yeah. Um, it's mostly just actions. It's like, you know, even my friends just being there, I guess. And, uh, that's helped a lot. And, you know, and the thing that Saunders wrote me was really wonderful. Um, that made me not feel insane as well, you know? Yeah. Well, why didn't it make you like, what was different about it? Like you, it wasn't a cliched, like, I don't know. Because he didn't say it was going to get better. And he didn't, he didn't expect me to think that it was going to get better. All it was was just making me feel the way I'm feeling is okay. I would love for you to read it. Yeah, no, I'd love to. Um, so, yeah, Adam, you posted something on Instagram, uh, an excerpt from one of the last pages of the of Lincoln and the Bardo, and it just, you know, I think I couldn't stop rereading it. You know, it's just so beautiful and fucked up, and it kind of got lost more than, like, a a stupid romantic film would do. You know what I mean? It's just, it was the book I was I was reading that day. The, that day, yeah. Yeah, and so, yeah, I immediately connected it in my head yeah. to what happened. But I didn't ever yeah, think a, yeah. that you would reach out to George Saunders. <laughs> did you expect a response, like, in your, or no, did you? No, never. not at all. I figured, I figured, because, you know, but I also, you know, I mean, you just hope. I mean, yeah. yeah. I don't even know if I, yeah, even if I wanted one, but I was just, I just wanted to let him know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Even if it ever got to him that he was helping me. And uh, I'll never forget it. So um, I just, I wrote a hello. I just lost my fiance two weeks ago and she was buried this last Saturday. She was 29. We had just moved into our first house together and we were about to start our life. My friend sent me an excerpt from your new novel and I keep it with me always. I'm reading the novel right now in my backyard, actually. I don't even know if anyone will see this, but I just want you to know that you have helped me. I don't even know what to do anymore. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I've never understood loss like this. And the only thing keeping me from taking my life is that I know what it does to others. Be well. And uh, he wrote back, Dear Matt, oh, I am so, so sorry for your loss. 
that must be just unspeakably difficult. I'm glad the book is saying something to you. I don't really know what to say, except that someone told me this recently, that grief is a form of praise. You are praising the wonder of the person you lost. The great pain you are feeling means great love. I can't imagine that helps, but it is true. It is like cause and effect. You really saw and knew and cherished her. That's what your grief is proving. And proving that she was wonderful and that you appreciated that. If you'll allow me for one more thought, I'm 58. It feels like no time at all has passed since I was your age. Soon you will be here. I wonder if it helps to ask yourself, what am I going to do with that very short time I will have before I see my loved one again? The more you do, the more you love, and the more lives you touch, the better. You are here for both of you now. Of course, I don't know you, and I hope I haven't offended or over-advised, but my heart goes out to you, brother, and my prayers. All the best. Um, so that was the first exchange, and I don't know, that kind of just bored me. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, let's take a... I love when he... I love that he calls you brother. There's something... I don't know. I know. You see, I see immediately how, like, he doesn't yeah. know you, Matt, but he's worried about saying the wrong thing and he's worried about like like rubbing you the wrong way like we're all we all have like such care for each other it reminds me even right, yeah. strangers you know that we are trying and this is such a fucking mystery that he is just trying not to get in your way he only wants to boost you oh yeah uh, yeah yeah I'm trying to make me feel better and you know i didn't i didn't respond to him because i you know i didn't want to bother him or whatever and then he kept reaching out to me on facebook Really? Saying, I hope you got my notes. Oh, yeah, I hope you got my notes or whatever, and I, I hope you're doing okay and stuff like that. And That's incredible. So I wrote him back. I don't know why I had this need. It sounds selfish or something, but I, I wrote him our engagement story, and I just sent a, a picture. I don't want us to feel like it's just some weird stranger or something. I know that doesn't make any sense. No, no, to make it realer, to like sense. show the, the photograph. Yeah. And He's it's not fair now. to do to someone. Like, he has his own shit to deal with, but I wanted him to just see her and know her and... Anyway, so because I, I wrote a long thing about our engagement night, um, I said, I promise I'll stop bothering you. I just wanted to say thank you for your words. They brought me to tears. It means the absolute world. I've already gotten involved with groups researching epilepsy to help others in her name forever. Or to help with this disease will always be. I'd also ask one last thing and we'll be out of your busy life. I'd like you to read about our engagement story, let you know who we were and not just strangers. I hope that you read it, but if not, I understand. I don't even know really why I'm sending it. I just want you to know who we were. I want everyone to know who she was and what she did for me. But again, if not, I completely understand. You've already done so much for me. Thank you, George, and I wish you well. And he wrote back, Matt, this is so beautiful. It seems you have experienced a wonderful love in your life, as did she. She was a very lucky person to have you in her life. She knew love, and that's for sure. A beautiful engagement story such a thoughtful and dreamlike way of doing it. I will say this. You have known love and known loss. Your work with epilepsy groups will mean that you are minimizing loss and suffering in the world. You feel to me like the kind of person who is going to take this pain and convert it into goodness. For others, for you, for Erica, and in her memory, please do keep in touch, George. Uh, wow. So, yeah, it's, it's really something. Uh, oh, but it just meant a lot, you know? Um, just yeah. complete strangers doing this, and uh, and uh, I have to cut this short. I mean, I've been talking forever, but... Uh, no, that's okay, man. I guess I'll leave it with this. Like, dealing with this is not really talked about, but I don't want people to feel crazy, you know, the way they're feeling, and it's okay, and uh, I don't know. That's it. I fucking love you, man. We love you, buddy. 
Love you too. Bye. That call was from the podcast, The Relentless Picnic. And a quick update from Matt, he wanted us to let you know that since that call, four, almost five years ago now, he's become a volunteer counselor. He talks with people who've recently lost someone to sudden, unexpected death and epilepsy, SUDEP. He's also fallen in love again, gotten married, and had a baby. He's very grateful for all the people who were there for him. Okay, that's the show. Uh, I suppose I should probably end with a pep talk to hold you over for the next month, but I think I would rather leave it to our producer Emerald's Grammy. You're beautiful. You're intelligent, most of all. Your personality is 100%. You know, you have everything going for you. You're important, okay, to yourself and to everybody else. You're an important person on this earth, okay? And you'll be important the rest of your life. Be good. Be weird. Be yourself. See you next month on the 11th. Okay. Deep breath. You can do this. It's time for the credits. This episode was produced by Eric Menel and me, Emerald O'Brien. Production support from Janelle Pfeiffer, Chloe Prasinos, and Kristen Torres. Editing by Leela Day and Joel Lovell. Luca Jaros and Ollie Grishaber, who gave the pep talks for non-swimmers and pooping at school, starring the new fiction podcast Here Lies Me. You can listen to that show wherever you're listening to this. And you should. It's really good. Special thanks to Vanessa Jackson, Alex Kennedy, Anna Marie Tobin, Bethany Van Delft, Nick Cho, Sophie Bridges, Brandon Wiseman and Chelsea Armstrong, Marissa Rosenblum, Tom Holdcraft, Jayanne Berry, Hilary Frank, Beandria July, and my Grammy, Helen O'Brien. All of the amazing sound design and engineering in this episode was by Hannes Brown. Pineapple's head of sound and engineering is Raj Makija. Episode art by Jonathan Conda. Visuals and marketing by Grace Chen, Moira Curran, Harim Jang, Kurt Courtney, Josephina Francis, and Meredith Rice. Legal services for Pineapple Street by Bianca Grimshaw at Granderson Des Rochers, Katie Ali Mohammadi and Lauren Cody at Donaldson Caleb Perez, and Crystal Tupja at Odyssey. The executive producers at Pineapple Street are Max Linsky and Jenna Weiss-Berman. Thanks for listening to The 11th. We'll be back next month with something entirely new and entirely different. <laughs>